I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Being stressed out is not just a grown-up thing. Kids, especially these days, experience stress as well. It can come from the expectations to perform at school or on the sports field. It can also come from drama in their friendship groups or even transitions in their home life. And let's not forget that pressure from social media and the uncertainty produced by the pandemic. As parents, we can equip our kids with mindsets and tools to help them navigate every day's life's ups and downs and deal with that stress. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Missy Greider. She is the founder of Meeting Kids Needs. She brings extensive experience as an educator at both the elementary school and university levels to help you teach your children the social and emotional skills they need. In our conversation today, we talked about the trends that we're seeing when it comes to kids and stress, how to recognize the stress responses in our kids, and how to help our children build resilience. Plus, she shares three tangible ways to help our kiddos recognize and manage stress. Welcome, Missy. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I've been so excited to join you. Okay, so a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? What a great question. We have a huge custom sign that you see when you first walk in our front door that says, you are so loved. We want to be known for our love. We want everyone who visits our home, who enters our home, who lives in our home to feel loved in the ways that they best receive love. I think in our marriages with our kids, knowing the specific customized ways that each person most feels loved is so important. Just knowing our people feel loved and then loving them in that way is huge. I think it can be so easy to miss each other, to miss loving people how they need to feel loved themselves. And that's such an individual thing. I have a story that really touches me. A friend told me years ago that she wished her husband would buy her a new dress and hang it up and say, we're headed out to dinner or we're headed out of town and I've got care planned for the kids. And I asked her if he knows that. And she said, no. And I thought, (laughs) wow, he's the one that should know that instead of me so he can come through for her. And this is how she would best feel loved. And he doesn't know. So Jesus said, everyone should know that you are, or everyone will know, excuse me, that you are my disciples because of your love for each other. And we try to do that in our home. We do it, of course, very imperfectly, though we really do try to do it with purpose. Oh, I love that because so often, I mean, this is classic, but love languages, right? This idea of we continually try to love people the way we want to receive love Mm -hmm. and they're not feeling it. So I love this idea of understanding and customizing the way we love others, paying attention to their needs, asking them questions and finding out like what makes you tick. You know, Thank even you. in a marriage relationship, I yes. mean, my husband, every year, my husband does something for my birthday that would probably be his perfect birthday. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and I probably do the same, right? Yes. Um, trying to be better at it. But yes, yes. I love understanding and really being more specific about what makes others feel loved. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So you're here to talk to us about some of the work that you do. You are are talking to us today about stress and particularly how stress pertains to children. Mm -hmm. So 
I tr- I was reflecting as I was preparing for this interview, like I don't remember being stressed out as a kid. And either that because I was just oblivious or, um, you know, I'm sure my parents were stressed out, but like, I don't remember being stressed out, but as a mom now and having kids and seeing what they're up against, seeing what they go through, going to like school meetings and hearing about all the mm-hmm. pressure that's on kids. Can we talk about stress and like, is it more than it used to be? Was I just not attuned to it when I was younger? What's going on? Oh, absolutely. Kids are more stressed than they were years ago. And thinking back to myself, when I was a kid, I did feel some stress, but mine was self-imposed. I was more the perfectionist type kid. And I'll talk a little bit about that later in our visit today. But just overall, globally, if we think back to 2019, a ton of books came out on trying to help stop the hurry and the frantic pace that was the norm at the time. So, and our kids were bombarded with that pace too. It's not just the parents. Mm -hmm. There wasn't enough downtime for our kids, not enough just undirected, unscheduled play, not enough agency or autonomy or choices for our kids. It was more of a rush here, rush there type of an existence, a rush to do all the homework, getting the homework done in the car on the way to the practice, you know, Homework and homework, homework hours and hours for our middle schoolers and high schoolers. I was hearing about high schoolers pulling multiple all-nighters. I pulled one all-nighter in three degrees. You know, and here we have our high school kids doing this. And it's just, it, it is the norm, but it's not normal. Mm-hmm. So then came the pandemic, which slowed us all down for a time. But with it, it didn't come, you know, this calm, of course. It came with so much fear, so much uncertainty, loss and grief, and then the social isolation. And Mm -hmm. it collectively tanked our reserves, which I think is a huge point, both for us as adults and for our kids, just our reserves are tanked. We don't have anything left to pull from when we need that extra, you know, burst of energy. So when we think about our kids and stress, we want to think about, first of all, root causes, So how do we get at the roots and change the things that we do have agency over, the things we do have control over? And of course, some of those things we don't. And then secondly, how do we build our kids' resilience? How do we build our kids' resilience back up? And as you were mentioning, Kimberly, our kids today compared with us years ago as kids and to kids, you know, even a few years back have so many more pressures. There's a lack of meaningful human connection. There's the loss of identity and a sense of purpose for our kids. And then just the tragedy of the school shootings and schools should be a place of safety for our kids. And now we have elementary school children afraid to even go to school. We have some parents that are afraid to send their kids and just the pressures of technology, social media, the relentless exposure also to the hurts of the entire world, which when we look at generations before us, Folks were exposed to about 150 people, and they were your people, and we didn't have the exposure to the whole globe, and our souls aren't made to carry that weight and the pain of the whole world. It's just too much Mm -hmm. for an adult, much less a six-year-old or a Mm 16-year-old. So thankfully, there's hope. Our family culture can definitely help to buffer the societal pressures and the influences, so there are things we can do to help our kids with their stress and with their stressors. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and I think too, as parents, we need to get healthy in this area, but we need yes. to teach, we need to equip our kids to have the tools that they need because they're not just going to figure this stuff out on our own. They're not just no. going to be able to go with the flow. They're not no. just kids, so they don't need to worry about it. I mean, I I find, and I don't know if you know you, you agree with this, but like my kids know so much more than I think they do. They pick up oh, on absolutely. things, they observe things, they see mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, And even if they're not paying attention, they still mimic things that we have done. Yes. Yes. So not only are our kids picking up on us as moms and us Mm -hmm. as dads, as families, they're picking up on the, just the societal pressures. And those are things that we have to teach them strategies for. They're not going to pick it up on their own. Like anything else that we want our kids to learn, we have to have to actively teach it in an age appropriate, developmentally appropriate way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So can you describe the stress response and how we can help our kids build this resiliency? Absolutely. So we want to look at the stress separately from the stressors. So the stressor is the event that's causing the stress. So that root cause, what are the (laughs) events that are causing the stress? And then the stress or the stress response is that physical reaction that happens in your child's body. So when I'm talking about stress today, it's going to be that physical reaction that happens Mm -hmm. in your child's body that I'm referring to and how we can help our children when that is activated. We don't want it to become something that's prolonged because that chronic stress is really damaging to us physiologically, emotionally, mentally. So it's those chemicals that are released and all of this discomfort that happens in your child's body. That's the stress. So think Mm -hmm. the racing heart, the hypervigilance, the rapid shallow breathing, the tense muscles. So for me, I know when I'm in stress mode, where I might go to when I feel it in my body is the racing heart and my mind just feeling like it's on amp. Like what is your kind of go-to when you know you're in stress? I usually kind of withdraw. Okay. And see, those are such different responses. Yeah. Sure. 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 And that's, yes. And that's part of it. How do I do (laughs) That's the freeze response. So it's fight, fight, or freeze for a reason. Because, And, you know, we're going to respond differently. Our kids are going to respond differently. Our husband is going to respond differently. So it's like knowing all this about the members of our families. So looking at the stressors, so what's causing all that physical stress, typical stressors for our kids can be anything from being worried about they won't have anyone to play with on the playground for a younger Mm -hmm. kid, feeling left out, feeling that their math is too hard or their reading is too hard or that our teenage kids, that they're not keeping up with their peers on their college applications, even things like body image. I had read some research, body image issues are among the top worries for kids, even in elementary school. which is just incredible. And there's even Mm -hmm. an age for girls between age five and six where their body image views really start to be formed. So these are things that are younger than we ever would have imagined for our kids that we Mm -hmm. should be aware of. Also, kids with tendencies towards perfectionism, having really too high expectations on themselves. So knowing if our kids have those tendencies, how can we help them to manage that earlier rather than later. So the stress, the physical reaction in our child's body to those events, to those stressors. And we know that there are some stressors we can help our kids with, and there are some that are beyond our control. And throughout our lives, we'll have agency over some things. And for sure that we've all seen over the past two years, there are life circumstances that are also beyond our control. So helping our kids navigate both what's in our sphere of control Mm -hmm. and what isn't in our sphere of control. Mm -hmm. So We can set our kids up to grow into adulthood with some life-giving, soul-nourishing rhythms and rituals that can become a part of who they are, that are customized for them, and that they're flexible for each season. And I think the key to making these work is making them easy and quick so that we'll actually do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if they're too overwhelming, then that's adding no. something else to an already overloaded <laughs> to-do list, and we're trying to take things down instead of putting more things on us. So we can help our kids learn how to complete the stress cycle and daily move through these uncomfortable feelings 
and get these uncomfortable feelings out of their body. So this is a daily small things that we can do Mm -hmm. to help metabolize these stress hormones. And thankfully, constant calm isn't the goal because (laughs) it's not a goal that would be based in reality. It's being able to move through the stress and to have the flexibility after some excitement or after some challenge or after some adventure or after some adversity to move back into calm. So you're moving back Mm -hmm. and forth from Mm -hmm. adventure to calm, from some adversity to calm from some, you know, challenge to calm. So that is more of a goal. So with our younger kids, our elementary school-aged kids, we can help them first with identifying where their bodies feel uncomfortable from stress. So for you, you're feeling more of a shutdown. I'm feeling more of a racing heart amped in my head. So a fun thing to do with younger kids, I think this is super applicable for kids from PK, pre-K, excuse me, through maybe sixth-ish or so grade. You can take a picture of your kid from head to toe on your phone You can print that out. So you've got that full portrait of your kid and using just little spot band-aids, those little circles, you can talk with your kids and they can put the band-aids where on their body they would feel tense. Maybe it's their shoulders that are tensing up. Maybe they're feeling more of a headache. Maybe they're feeling more of some butterflies in their stomach or a tummy ache for the littler kids. So just giving you the parent an awareness and helping the child to develop some self-awareness. Hey, this is where I'm feeling the stress in my body. And just having that as a known for your kid, it's just such a good part of self-awareness and being able to learn to manage the stresses that we're all going to have to deal with throughout our lives in a healthier way. Yeah. I love that because I've seen the worksheets where they have the different faces and they're like, yes. tell us what you're feeling. The different feelings. But I yes. I do love this. This is, this is almost the same thing. It's like, tell me where in your body that you're, you're experienced that. I remember one yes. of the first speaking engagements I had. Mm-hmm. Like my stomach was just on fire and my friends, like you have to eat. You're not going to be able to eat later. You're going to be busy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I had, I had learned somewhere to just feel that feeling. Like that feeling is not the end of the world. Like that physical experience that you're having is just, you can, can acknowledge what's going on. And I just kind of was like, no, I'm going to be okay. Like, yes. Just, and that's a, that was a big learning experience for me. Oh, that's fantastic. And you're doing what you did was exactly spot on with what the research is telling us to do, because mm-hmm. we want to create some distance between ourself and the feeling. We mm-hmm. don't want to say, I am mad. I am angry. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that I'm feeling angry. Do you see mm-hmm. the difference in the, in the language? Yeah. So we're not defining ourselves as, as mad. We're noticing that we're feeling something and feelings. I, I've seen this in the research once I need to further review it, but I've seen that feelings can last for 90 seconds. So we've just got to give ourselves the opportunity to move through them, you know, to have some space to be with them and then metabolize the stressful ones, like what we're visiting about today. And that's just life 101 that most adults don't know. I certainly didn't know it as a kid. You know, I I recently heard that as well, that the whole feelings last and then, and then there's the emotion. The emotion yes. is different from the feeling because mm-hmm. the emotion has mm-hmm. to do with the value that you place on those feelings. Yes. Yes. And there, <laughs> yes. And there, there's, there's so many distinctions and it's yeah. just, it's such a, it's such a complex yet important thing for us to start teaching our kids all of mm-hmm. these distinctions. So when we think about just ways to complete the stress cycle, so let's say we're in that activated state, what do we do to move those chemicals out of our bodies? Mm-hmm. And these are things we've heard of, but here's the deal. We've got to do them. Mm-hmm. We can't just know about them. We've got to do them because they're, it's our, physio- our physiology and our minds and our emotions, the health of of us as whole beings are really dependent on that. So the first one, physical activity between 20 to 60 minutes a day of 
for your kids, for yourself, moving your body enough to get you breathing deeply. That's going to metabolize those stress chemicals that, that are in your body. And that's something, again, we're experiencing the stress daily. We've got to do you know, complete that stress cycle daily by doing these different, some of these different activities, the ones that most resonate to our kids and Mm -hmm. to us. Deep breathing. A simple recipe is just doubling your out breath. I'm sorry, doubling your in breath with your out breath. So if I'm breathing in for four, Mm -hmm. I'm breathing out for eight. So just just doubling the in breath with your out breath. Even some friendly social interaction, even just with you know, acquaintances at Starbucks, even having your kids say hello to them, just having that friendly social interaction, which we so missed, you know, during our past couple of years. And, you know, our kids are having such consequences for it in our schools, you know, in our homes. And we just need to get back to what we're designed for, which is human connection, Mm -hmm. you know, and how do we do that in healthy, safe ways? Laughter. Laughter is a huge thing that will help to metabolize those those stress chemicals, affection, and thinking especially to our kids that are more of a physical affection, love language kid, a 20 second hug, and that's a long hug, a 20 second hug signals safety to your body. Mm. So that's helping to co-regulate with your kid, to bring your kid back into a sense of calm and safety with your spouse, a six second kiss also signals safety to your body. That's going to bring in the calm a good cry for years pre-pandemic i had a i need a good cry playlist <laughs> yes and i just recently learned this there are actual chemicals that come out of your tears that are wow. that are releasing those those stress hormones which is amazing wow. and when we think of god just you know collecting our tears in a bottle how gracious is that of him mm-hmm. you know and he's going to be the one i read recently he's going to be the one to wipe away the tears from our eyes that he doesn't have a committee to do it he loves us so deeply that he himself is going to do it and yeah. isn't that beautiful i love that yeah you know so with our kids really creating a menu from those different options different ways for each child and a huge one for us to let our kids see us model taking care of ourselves is so helpful I don't think, I know I didn't see my kids, I'm sorry, I didn't see my parents manage stress when I was a kid or do different Mm -hmm. breathing exercises or go on a run or go on a walk, those types of things. The more we can take care of ourselves, the better it is for our children. We can say something like, and again, it's the space between us as a person and the feeling. We can say something like, you know, I'm noticing that I'm feeling frazzled. So I'm separating myself from the emotion. I'm noticing that I'm feeling frazzled. This is temporary. It's information. It's going to pass through. So I'm noticing that I'm feeling frazzled. I'm going to take a break for a few minutes and I'm going to go do some deep breathing to help my body calm down. And I'm going to ask God for his help. Mm-hmm. You know, just modeling that for our kids. Oh, I've done that. Oh, probably not so succinctly, but it's more like I've got to get out of here. I need a timeout. So I will be back. <laughs> yes. And that is five that's minutes. Great. That's great. And that's what we need. And we're giving ourselves that space. We're giving ourselves that pause. And with the pause language, I don't know, are you familiar with the pause app from John Eldridge? I feel like I've heard about it, but you can tell me, tell me about it. For sure. So this has been, it's free, it's simple, it's easy, it's fast, and it's so doable. So for moms, for dads, I think it would be super helpful. He's talked about teens doing it. I think it's a little advanced for for elementary kids, but Mm -hmm. for sure teens, I think it's Mm -hmm. super appropriate. The pause app, it's a free app and he has one minute, three minute, five minute and 10 minute pauses where you just sit there and he's speaking scripture over you, helping you to give your cares to God. Like it talks about in first Peter five, seven, there's beautiful music in the background, just stunning 
you know, nature scenes. And it really, I can feel myself coming down. And that's no small thing for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> my, yeah. my, de- my default would be to, to amp out a little bit more, but it's been fantastic. And he also recently released a book called Resilient that I've plowed through that's been fantastic. And he has on the app as well, a 30 days to resilient feature. So morning and night for about 10 minutes each, you're just, all you're doing is listening. You're just mm-hmm. bringing it in. And there are times we don't have time for output or we don't have the emotional energy for output. Just yeah. take it in, take in his 10 minutes in the morning, take in his 10 minutes at night. And it truly is making a difference for me. I can tell in my physiology. Mm, that's fantastic. I I think, I think folks will love it. And then how much more so are we also demonstrating for our kids, you know, starting to give our cares to God because he cares for us. Of course, we are always going to have human responsibilities and concerns, but starting, I would have loved early on, like at age eight in my little perfectionist self, reading books about saints and thinking I was supposed to be one, you know, that we're supposed to be giving our cares to God, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So let's talk about So you've shared with us how to recognize when our kids are under stress and how to help them manage it. What are some things we shouldn't encourage them to do when they're stressed out? Oh, some things we shouldn't encourage them to do. It's really (laughs) a couple in mind that are my (laughs) go-tos that I know are not the best. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I'm just, my brain just immediately went to Dr. Brene Brown and what she says about our adult cohort as being Mm -hmm. the most addicted in debt overwrought generation in human history. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what we don't want to do is how not give our kids strategies so that they're going to use, not give our kids healthy strategies so that they're going to be using unhealthy ones when they're not right. under our roof. And we right. know that's happening, believe you me, in the gifted dorms, right and left. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, we need to equip our kids with these things, with these strategies young and have them become a part of our daily family rhythms. Mm-hmm. I, I know we've been thinking too about our kids, is it normal for our kids to be stressed out all the time, especially as they head into their teen years and start thinking about their future? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just point out, hey, it's the norm. It's common, but it's not normal. So it's oh, not normal. Good. It's it's common. It's the norm, but it's not normal. Yeah. And it's definitely not healthy for our kids to be stressed out all the time. I read a fascinating book by the former dean of freshmen at Stanford. So I think so many of us as well-meaning parents can think, oh, I can get my kid to this great school and I'm, you know, helping to provide this great future life for my kid. You know, she has so many important things to say in her, in her role. She went into great detail about the 18-year-olds she would meet and she described them as having a concierge childhood. So if you think about that, it, from the time they were little kids, they had everything scheduled for them. Everything was planned ahead and chosen for them. It was super scripted and super overscheduled. Mm-hmm. And it was about, with well-intentioned parents for sure, you know, getting into the top schools, the top extracurriculars, the top activities, rather than a focus on who is this unique child that God made, that is made in God Im- God's image, who has their own unique gifts and talents and hopes and dreams and interests. And those things aren't even hardly being addressed. So the effects of the next to no downtime, the next to no choices, the next to no agency, the next to no autonomy, it's created, she saw a massive lack of real resilience in the kids. So the coping skills are down. They aren't able to cope with a simple roommate issue. They aren't able to cope if they don't get the grade they want on a test. Mm -hmm. Some of them she's described weren't even able to wake up for a class without a call from home. And that's just, that's not, what we're wanting for our kids yeah. in their adulthood, for sure. Kids that know Latin, but can't do a load of laundry. 
Yeah. You know, so it's just those practical human skills that we need. Another story that really struck me that she mentioned was about an attorney and his mom had pushed him his whole life into law school and beyond. And shocker, he hated practicing law. And sadly, he doesn't even talk with his mom anymore. So he just goes through his dad. And so you're thinking, wow, here's this, I'm sure, well-intentioned woman that was trying to have her kid be able to earn a living. And it wasn't who he was. She didn't know him as a human. She wasn't in tune with his gifts and talents, and they don't even have a relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so just all that undue stress that was placed on him. I mean, it really, really was so detrimental. And even if our society does value the push, the achievement, the hustle culture, performance, appearance, income, we can co-create family cultures with our kids that value purpose and connection and life-giving relationships and joy and rest. Mm -hmm. We can ask great questions like, what are the treasures in my child? What are my child's gifts and talents and passions? How can I nurture these in an atmosphere of possibility? I love just the visual of a Venn diagram of overlapping circles with, what are you interested in? What are you good at? And how can you monetize that? How can it provide financially? So it's like that sweet spot of all those three, you know, and I think so much has just been the success focus, which we're isolating that to just financial success when there's so much more to a successful life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about like raising kids that are well-rounded. Yes. You know, Yeah. And letting them experience different types of things. I mean, I definitely agree with identifying their gifts and talents and coming alongside them and making sure we're giving them the opportunities they need to develop those, but also to present to them things that are out of their wheelhouse or things that don't come naturally to them, putting them in situations where they're going to be uncomfortable. Absolutely. Um, You know, and I even know that time management is a, is an issue for a lot of special college college kids, like you mentioned, yes, who, like don't know how to manage their time, especially since they now have more of it. For um, sure. I mean, depending on your, your degree, but for the most part, they have all this time that they didn't have before because yes. they're not doing all the clubs, they're not doing all the sports, they're not doing all the concerts, right? Um, right. Just even simple as time management, they're just not equipped to do because we've done it for them. And so mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of layers to that. And in a lot of ways we can just make subtle shifts that change that. Absolutely. Just easing in and giving kids increased levels of responsibility for those things, Mm -hmm. starting as young as we can, you Mm -hmm. know, which I think is super important. And then when we think of our high school and our college kids, instead of the, you know, what are you majoring in question, which I totally get it. We've all been asked that and I, I totally get it. How about a question like, what are you thinking about for your first contribution out of school? Mm hmm. You know, what are you excited about contributing? I think this is saying to our kids, you have great things to offer. Your contribution matters. What you want matters and what you value matters. Yeah, that's so good. All right. So if we were to boil all this down that you've just shared with us, can you give us just some tangible ways, maybe three ways to help our kids actually recognize and stress for themselves? Well, us first recognize it and then to teach them to recognize it and then to manage it. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. We can put this down into three steps. So step one of helping our children to recognize stress is what we've touched on a bit of identifying the cause of the stress or the stressor. Cause of the stress is, of course, different from the stress, and the stress is that physical reaction in our child's body. One important thing is the cause of the stress or the stressor, could it possibly be something you need to 
immediately rather intervene with as a parent, for example, is your child's safety involved? So that's mm-hmm. one important thing to really be aware of. If it involves my child's safety, of course, I'm going to intervene. And also using that time as an opportunity to connect with your child using language like, what's going on? I'm noticing you might feel stressed. Is that right? Tell me more. So using that as an opportunity for connection, which mm-hmm. is always huge, which is yeah. always huge. Then step two on helping your kids to recognize stress, help your child name the precise feeling word for the stress that your child feels. So mm-hmm. building that emotional vocabulary, and we touched on this a bit before, is your child feeling frustrated? Is your child overtired? Is your child feeling left out? So really getting at that precise feeling word, because then it gives you the opportunity to best support your child in the ways that they need you to, and then the ways you would most like to. One story, a parent friend of mine who's super conscientious, a lovely former teacher before she was a mom, just a fantastic parent. And she got a little bit more into the runaround, she realized, than she wanted for her family and her younger daughter who was five, was running around in the car, you know, with the older son who was a third grader. And the little girl got home from school. She knew the car ride was coming and all the run around and she put her pajamas on. So that was her way of saying, you know, I'm done. I'm overtired. So really just cueing into that with our kids and helping your child name that precise feeling word and then making the adjustments that you can help your child make. Then step three, and we touched on this, asking your child where they notice the stress in their body. So those are the three steps on really recognizing stress. And then when we get to helping our kids manage stress, number one would be going back to the cause of the stress. Let's really closely and honestly examine the root cause or the stressor Mm -hmm. along with the pace of our family's life as we all look to returning to quote normal in this phase of the pandemic. It's like, what is worth going back to? What do we, we can, we're in an opportunity to recreate and why can't we recreate things better than before? We don't have mm-hmm. to go back to a frenzy. Of course, yeah. we want to be, we want our social interactions back. Of course, we want, you know, our fun and things back. But how can we do it in a pace that's more life-giving for everybody? Mm-hmm. Both yeah. for our kids and for ourselves. Yeah. I do want to say, like, I love this idea of, like, questioning. Yes. Like, what what's really, like, questioning. I don't know how to say this. So, Oftentimes we, we rush to assumptions or mm-hmm. like, as Brene Brown says, we, we finish that story in our head before yes. we really know what's going on, right? Our brain yes, scientifically like wants to complete the narrative. Absolutely. And so we often rush to do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is really what causes us stress. Not when we ask more questions or really begin to examine what's, what's underneath this all, what really happened. Could this, we, could we have seen this differently? Could this be addressed differently. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. That's so good. Just how can we ask the better questions? How can we take just a pause? Mm -hmm. How can we take a pause? How can we really reflect and align our choices as families, our choices for our kids and helping our kids make choices that are really aligning with what we most want? Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, we don't have to subscribe to the greater culture. We can choose to opt out from things that aren't serving us. And what a great lesson for our kids. Mm-hmm. What a great lesson for our kids to learn when they're under our roofs for that short amount of time that we have yeah. them, you yeah. know? Yeah. So number two on managing stress, we can make regular space in our family's life for both fun, physical movement and deep relaxation. And that goes back to moving those stress chemicals out of our mm-hmm. bodies, providing just daily time for, and this is with our younger kids, for their undirected play. I mean, we played, thinking back to my own childhood, hours and hours undirected. We were at our grandparents huge lot and just having so much fun out there. And I think 
collectively, we've lost a lot of that for this generation of kids. And it, it really does show just they're so benefited by undirected play and having that unscheduled time. We can try new family movement rituals like an after-dinner walk or an after-school dance party, just things that are quick, easy, fun, and that are good for all of our physical health, our emotional health, just getting those stress hormones out of our bodies. Dr. Herbert Benson offers the relaxation response, and it's super interesting. It's the opposite of the fight, flies, or fight, flight, or freeze response. So the relaxation response is the absolute opposite, and it'll help bring your body back into calm. And that's about 10 to 12 minutes. And I won't be able to to describe it in super detail here, but Dr. Herbert Benson relaxation response, it's 10 to 12 minutes of just deep breathing with a controlled word or phrase that you say to yourself. Mm -hmm. And for years and years, pre-pandemic, I had that as a part of my morning ritual, and I want to get back to it now. It it really helped. And one of his big things is don't evaluate it. You're getting the benefit just by doing it. You don't brush your teeth and go, oh, wow, that was a good brush. (laughs) It's just that you did it and that's good enough and you're getting some benefit from it. So have mercy on yourself and grace on yourself when you're trying these new, short, quick practices that you want to incorporate into your life and into your children's lives, Mm -hmm. just to have them build these resilience and emotional health strategies. Mm -hmm. So then finally, number three, is trying several breathing techniques with your child and seeing which ones are going to resonate the most. I had mentioned the, you know, out breath being twice mm-hmm. the in breath. There's also the breathe in for four, hold for seven, and out for eight. That's the four, seven, eight breath. There's a ton of research supporting that. Even with veterans, even folks who have experienced extreme stress, they are getting more benefit from the breathing techniques than almost any other treatments, which is amazing. And here, so we've got things that are free and easy, cheap. We just got to do them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. then there's also alternate nostril breathing there that there are good videos on that. I don't want to demonstrate it without clean hands and all that. (laughs) But alternate nostril breathing is a really good one and it will bring you back to calm quickly. So just different things to try with your kids and and with you and with your spouse and just really finding the things that work specifically for you and knowing that those things might shift from from day to day and just having a a menu of of your Mm go-tos. Oh gosh, those are all fantastic. Thank you. All right. So we're going to wrap up and I want you to tell us a little bit more about meeting kids needs and the work that you do there. Thank you. I'd love to. I help parents at meeting kids needs to help their kids handle their feelings, especially their tough feelings. I was that little girl that didn't know I was allowed to get mad until actually I was a young woman, you know, and there are so many things that will benefit our kids from being really socially and emotionally intelligent. We've learned research-wise about human development and health that it's actually the social and emotional learning and health that are the greatest predictors of relational and professional success in adulthood. Mm -hmm. And these are the skills that I find are getting the least emphasis typically. Mm -hmm. They're certainly not getting emphasized enough in our schools, Mm -hmm. despite their fantastic groups really trying to change that. And they're not in our typical homes getting the you know, the attention that they need either. I had seen a study on thousands of adults throughout the globe, and they were asked to describe their childhood home, the climate of their childhood home with one word, 70%. It was a negative word. Isn't that sad? So great for all the work that you're doing. We need it so badly. Only 20% was a positive word and 10% was neutral. So if we're looking at thousands of adults across the the globe and it's mostly negative, I mean, we just have so much to do in social and emotional learning. And these are the human skills that we need. 
It mm-hmm. goes beyond being a quote financially successful professional. It's about being a successful human being yeah. with you know relation, relationships that that are fulfilling and being able to empathize with someone, recognizing our own emotions so that we can help recognize them in others and help be a comfort to people with empathy and choose careers mm-hmm. that that matter that are going to be fulfilling for us. Not like that dear lawyer that just hates his job, you know. So. It's not about all the academics and extracurriculars. It's the human skills that our kids need the most and are sadly taught the least. And that's what I provide for parents with meeting kids' needs. With my own gifts and talents, I love to study. I love to learn. I love to teach. So with meeting kids' needs, I do the homework for parents. So I review the latest research on different social-emotional learning topics. I create short and easy-to-watch videos for parents with super practical, action-oriented steps that they can easily bring into their home to apply the research. And then I create fun, hands-on activities around each topic for parents and kids to do together. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, I know. You know, like I really was, I I tend to be very performance oriented Mm -hmm. and especially when I, when kids were real young and, you know, I was in the trenches, I wasn't sure I was trying to get things done. Like I wasn't stopping to empathize or to (laughs) to connect or to relate. And, And yes, there was a little bit of that, but it's, you know, you kind of get on this track that you just need to achieve, achieve, tick all the boxes, do all the things keep up with everybody. And that's well, that's not, what you're being told. Yeah. That's what yeah. you're being told as a society. And you're, you're trying to do what you think is best for your kids. Quick yeah. side note question for you. Are you an yeah. Enneagram three by the, by chance? I I think, yes, I think. So okay. it's either a seven or a three. They're like okay. literally neck and neck. And so depending okay. on who I spend time with, they'll swear I'm one or the other. And so that's super I'm interesting. Of, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I heard is, that with Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that with the performance thing. And so like having that self-awareness as parents, like Mm -hmm. I'm a one, you know, which is the improver type personality. So just me being aware of that when I'm working with children and when I'm parenting, you know, all those different types of things, we need to be so aware of what are we bringing to the relationship? And then what is that other person bringing to the relationships? What are their needs and how can we best meet one another's needs as adults and then meet our kids' needs and just bring yeah. our kids into a state of health and wellness yeah, for their lives. So yeah, and my relationship husband, my with God. One, so a three and uh, yes. a one, it's a little bit like, yes, hey, that's a lot of achievement going on. <laughs> no, like, that's feelings, a lot of achievement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this conversation was so helpful. I know our listeners are going to benefit immensely from it. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Kimberly. My pleasure to be here. You can find Dr. Missy Greider at meetingkidsneeds.com. She's on Instagram and Facebook as Meeting Kids Needs. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.